Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Peter chapter 3, and we're focusing on verse 7. And today, we have set aside this day to come before you um, as a unit to share the word of the Lord with you as we focus in on family and marriage, single life, just want to share a word to, to minister to God's people. And so we're delighted to just be here. I'm honored to stand before you um, and again to share the word of the Lord. First Peter chapter 3 verse 7 and it reads, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. And again, our focus scripture on today is 1 Peter 3 and we're looking at verse 7. Our topic today um, that we believe the Lord has placed upon our heart to share is the power of knowledge in the family. Amen. The power of knowledge in the family. And I don't know if you've been married over five minutes and you look at your mate and you say, oh, I didn't know that about you. And you go to a family reunion and you're like, oh, I didn't know that about your family. You know, knowledge is powerful, right? Y'all got to loosen up now because we're going to we're going to have some family talk today, but you, you begin to realize how powerful knowledge is when it comes to the family and it comes to husband and wives and parenting and, and siblings and, and uh, whatever the case is. You, knowledge has power. And so as we go deeper into today, um, we want to bring you the definition of knowledge. Pastor, and like Lady Dobbs said earlier, knowledge is what brings insight. It brings understanding. It brings discernment as well as perception. It tells you something that you did not know before. And for example, as we grow, and not only do I have to know my wife, but I have to know my children as well. Because the thing you understand is they're not going to be the same person that they were a year ago. And the problem some of us has, we're trying to get to know people from five years ago when five years ago was five years ago. And you got to get to know people today and where they are and don't get comfortable with that because you're going to need knowledge. You're going to need insight and understanding of what that person becomes sometimes the next day. Sometimes an hour from that, they're going to change up on you like, where did that person come from? But you got to have insight, discernment, and perception to understand that's part of the process. But you know what? I appreciate the fact that nobody stays the same. That keeps life interesting, don't it? (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. So if we look in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, we know that knowledge can come from many sources of information. So it it would be wrong for us to say that the only knowledge you get is the knowledge that you get at church or the only knowledge that you get is the knowledge that you get in prayer because knowledge comes from many different sources. 
Now, I will say that we need to reverence the knowledge we get from God above everything else. But knowledge comes from different sources. And so Proverbs 1 and 7, it reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so that's pretty powerful because knowledge starts with God, right? Knowledge from the standpoint of understanding and wisdom and discernment. And I think sometimes that we may mistake information as necessarily equates to knowledge. But you can have a lot of information but no application, and all you have is sources of information. But when knowledge comes into play, God has a way of opening our understanding. He has a way of causing discernment to come on the inside of us so that we can take the information that we receive and we can process it and utilize it to be productive. And so the fear of the Lord, in other words, when I learn to reverence and respect God, then it starts the line that knowledge comes into my life. When I see him for who he is, when I see his sovereignty, when I see his majesty, when I I realize the power, the might that he has, he said, now, baby girl, you ready to start accessing knowledge. I can give you discernment now. I, I can trust you with wisdom. I can trust you with perception. But if you notice in the latter part of, of Proverbs 1 and 7, Pastor, will you read that? But fools despise and despise wisdom and instruction. Now, when you look at that, it says fools. Those who act foolish despise wisdom, which is, equates shrewdness and skills, and also instructions. Instruction brings about discipline, warning, and correction. Now, what I thought was interesting about that is the right type of wisdom is available. But that individual has despised the wisdom that God has available to that person. In other words, God gives us godly discipline, godly warning, and godly correction. But fools look at it and say, I don't want that. I despise that. I I don't want God's correction. I don't want God's warning or discipline. I'm going to act in a foolish way because I reject uh, or despise the wisdom that God has for me, and which is not beneficial for my life. And see, that's why you can discern when foolishness enters the room, because foolishness comes with quarrelsome and being argumentative, mm-hmm. uh, argumentative nature, which indicates they're leaning on their own understanding. Amen. Mm. You mm-hmm. have a bit of a situation, you say, now that's a fool that entered the room right now. I know you're spiritual, but you know a fool when you see a fool. You be like, oh, Lord, I, I can't deal with that now. That foolishness right there. You, you're trying to say that I don't need God. You, you're trying to say I don't need to hear his word. Now, that, that, you're speaking like a fool right now. And you say, well, Fernley, you shouldn't say that. Well, the Bible actually said it, that fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so you have to know when foolishness is around you because you'll begin to tolerate foolishness and you need to know, as a family, you're going to have to be able to separate foolishness from the rest. I don't 
don't care where foolishness comes from. You got to be able to separate, discern foolishness and say, uh-uh, that's, that's, that's not going to be beneficial. That's not reverencing God. That's, that's, that's not acting and, and, and thinking and talking in the way that the word of God would have me to. And, and, and foolishness comes in, 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 in our house, right? It'll come into the place at, and you can see it in immaturity and childish. You're like, now you're grown. Why are you acting childish? What's going on with that? Like, you, 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 you're a grown woman now. Uh-uh, I'm going to need you to not act childish on that. If I ask you a question, give me an answer. Don't, don't get pouty and don't, don't get upset. I need, you to, I need you to handle business. And I, I wonder how many times have we been in situations in our family when we could have just talked something through, but because we were acting foolish. Come on now. This is, this is going to be a quiet morning. I, I'm glad I prayed before I came. But, but because we were acting foolish, we were not able to navigate situations, and we allowed it to continue to grow and to grow and to grow. And finally we said, uh-uh, enough is enough. Well, really, it was just foolishness. It was not referencing God. I say sometimes you also see a person who really wants what I consider a free spirit. Do what I want, when I want, despite despise, despising discipline and correction. One of the things I've learned over the years, there's no such thing as doing what you want, when you want, whenever you want. That's just a fallacy. And I know you can fall into uh, Nike's commercial, just do it. But I'm telling you something, you're going to run the problem with that kind of right. attitude. You're going to try to speed down the road, somebody just do it, and the blue light's going to hit you. You're going to try to do something, and you think, well, I, I got this under control. And then you're going to find out it's not under control as you thought it was. And so we don't fall for that type of logic and kind of leaning on our own understanding. Because when a wife or husband or child or grand, grandparent or someone in that household develop that mindset, it not only affects them, but it affects their entire family. Right. We can't have no free spirit now. Because a free spirit would take the bill money. And you sitting up there in the dark. But you had a free spirit. Right? A free spirit would say, I, I can just come in and do what I want to when I want to. Yeah, but, but we're going to have problems right here because we, this doorway is not open in and out whenever you get ready. This, 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 this doorway has a lock on it. There's a ring for a reason. Right? But a free spirit would say, oh, oh, you can't really tell me what to do. I, I do what I want to when I want to. But see, what you're saying is you're not reverencing God. And when you're not reverencing God, you're bringing whatever other spirit that has attached itself to you with your freedom into this house. And see, that will cause problems. That will cause problems if you're the husband, if you're the wife, if you're the child. You cannot have a free spirit and say that you're reverencing God. You're, you need to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 18 and 15 goes on to talk more about knowledge. Let me... Let me get that scripture for you. Proverbs 18 and 15. And it reads, The heart of the prudent acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. The heart of the prudent. In other words, the understanding. When, you, when a person that's understanding, you are seeking more understanding. Isn't that amazing? It's that when I, when I seek to understand him, it, it takes my tolerance to another level. It, it helps me to have compassion. But, you know, when I ain't trying to understand you, I ain't even trying to hear you, much less trying to understand you. I'm trying to get you away from me. 
And sometimes we operate in our families that way, and we wonder why we can't pro- progress, and we wonder why we can't be productive. But the Bible says the heart of the prudent, the understanding, the feelings of a prudent person will acquire, will seek out more understanding. So I, I may not know what all is going on with my child, but let me at least try to understand, right? I grew up with it just got shut down. And if it got shut down, that was just it. But how many of you know that sometimes we got shut down? And we got ourselves in a situation that was hard for us to recover from because we didn't seek understanding. One of the things that you all, I was, uh, when you look at this particular scripture, it kind of gives you insight as to what you need to do. First of all, you've got to notice what current normal behavior is. You got, so you got to get to know the people and what current normal behavior is. And when you see current normal behavior not being current normal behavior, then you got to discern what's the issue, what's going on, what's happening in this situation. Because if not, I may miss out on something that's happening with my loved one, with my child, or whoever in my family, if I don't discern what's happening with that child. And this is what a prudent person does. They get understanding, they're insightful, and they're not letting changes go on around them. They may not say anything, but they do know what's happening. Mm-hmm. They may not, listen, they may not do a lot because the Holy Spirit may say, I need you to pray right now. Uh, your child's doing this, your wife is doing this, your husband's doing that. I need you to pray. And through prayer, I'm going to show you what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you what to do. Now, if you jump into conclusion, well, I'm leaning on my own understanding. I, I think, well, I think I know what's going on when it could not be necessary what's going on. And let's be honest, I've been guilty. I have been guilty. Jump into conclusion. Oh, I know what's happening right here. And then... And then and, and they ain't got to say nothing. Holy Spirit said, hold on now. You missed out. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I'm the parent up in here. I pay. No, I pay the bills up in here. <laughs> that ain't what the Holy Spirit is saying. Because the Holy Spirit let you, re- let, let you know real quickly, I supply the needs according to the riches and glory mm-hmm. by Christ Jesus. Now, if you want me to keep supplying. <laughs> Holy Spirit, please keep supplying. Proverbs 15 and 14, and it reads, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness foolishness. isn't it amazing how the scripture repeatedly connects knowledge and foolishness in other words it's knowledge is the antithesis of foolishness and so we have to make sure that we're not operating in foolery that we're not operating in immaturity and in childishness because the bible says the heart of him who has understanding seeks understanding mm-hmm. basically it seeks knowledge seeks wisdom but the mouth of the fool of fools will feed on foolishness and if we have to be real honest there been some time we have fed on foolishness it was our main course but we realize as we come and hear the word and we apply that word in our lives you're like wait 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 this is counterproductive. This is not helping my family. This is not helping my marriage. This is not helping my relationship with my children. I need to seek the wisdom of God. I need to seek understanding. I need to seek discernment so I can really know what it is that I'm dealing with. Am I dealing with some low self-esteem that has entered into my house? Am I dealing with feelings of rejection that has entered into my house? Am I dealing with 
uh, a low self-worth? Am I dealing with oppression? What, do I, what am I really dealing with? And so when we open our spirits up as, as the parents, as, as children, because sometimes children, we don't know what our parents are dealing with. We make the assumption that they're always going to come to our rescue, but sometimes our parents may need us need, need you to come to their rescue. And so when you know the word of God, you have to make sure that you have a heart of him who has understanding and seek more knowledge, seek more understanding. But the mouth of fools, they feed on fools, on foolishness. Amen. You know, sometimes when you have people in your household, you can't quite figure it out. It, the best place to start is what Matthew 6 and 33 says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added to you. We seek God first and let him show us what's going on with my spouse, what's going on with my children, what's going on with the people around me. Sometimes what's going on with coworkers? What's, what's going on with people around me so in turn I have the proper discernment to how to handle that particular particular situation to understand the mother understand that some battles you have to give up so you can conquer the war same thing goes with the father we discern that your husband's in a crisis or in a spiritual battle yet you have to let some of the little things slide so you can gain greater insight of winning the battle for his soul and for the family because sometimes you can get caught up in fighting over little stuff the toilet seat ain't up I'm thinking, I'm going through a crisis. Why you worry about some toilet seat? Two dishes in the sink. Why you worry about two dishes in the sink when I'm going through mentally? Are y'all following me here? Because sometimes we can be uh, majoring on the minor when there's the enemy just sitting there laughing. Amen. They're sitting there laughing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they think it's about them two, them two glasses sitting in the, in the sink right there. It ain't about the two glasses. And you have to be able to discern because if not, it would be a knockdown blowout. He y'all two glasses that take y'all, and, and and I'm guilty, and I'm guilty, and and we stand before you being transparent to the point that we want what we know to help you avoid those situations. Because again, sometimes we can't focus so much on the minor things that we don't realize the major things that God is doing in our lives, that God is doing in our spouse. And, and isn't it something that how a, a family member can be going through something? But because we missed it, we missed it because we didn't we didn't seek God. We didn't seek understanding. And and really and truly, it could have been that God was saying, I want you to pray for them. I want you to fast for them. I I want you to make sure they get the word. I want you to make sure you declare the word, a certain word over their lives to change their destiny. And so we really have to make sure that we're seeking knowledge because knowledge has power in our family. But when it comes to knowledge, we also have to be aware of the power that knowledge can have on family dynamics. In other words, knowledge of of various things can bring in a level of influence on those around us. Now, see, street knowledge can bring about a level of influence in our family. See, I know you thought I was just going to stay in the book, but sometimes we got to go out of the book to see what's coming into the house. And sometimes it's street knowledge that's coming into the house. Sometimes it's knowledge about drugs and alcohol. Sometimes it's, dr- it's a knowledge about sex and other things. Sometimes it's knowledge about things that you say, man, what is it, that curious nature? Well, I was curious when I was young. Yeah, we know how that ended up. Some things we don't want in our household because we understand, just like God was telling uh, Adam and Eve in, in, in um, Genesis 2, which we we're about to go to, 
there is good and there is evil that comes along with knowledge. So if we look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, and it reads, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Now, we're going to stop right there and pause because God is speaking to Adam. And we heard that in, in, a, in our Bible study a few weeks ago. I tell you, if you're missing Bible study, you're missing some good stuff because that word be coming through. And you, it's just enough to get you going. And you have to go back in and, and go a little deeper for your own, you know, your own um, personal journey, if you will. But he commanded, he, he gave orders to, to the man. And he said, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. And I'm thinking, Adam, dude, the only eating plan you had, you weren't counting no carbs, you weren't writing no, no, you know, you didn't have no low cut, no low calorie diet. You could have ate everything. You could have ate the peach tree, the pear tree. You could have had the plum tree, the crab apple tree. You could have had everything, dude, and you messed up. Oh, sorry. Don't take it personal. But he did mess up. Okay, so let's go back into that text. He says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, up. Every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But look at verse 17. He goes on to say, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, eat of it, you shall surely die. Isn't that something? You had it all. Because he said every tree. Every tree you have access to except this one tree. Now, God being our ultimate parent, you know he knew the insight about that tree. He understood. We're going to talk a little bit about the tree. But he understood that there was certain knowledge, there was certain insight that this tree had that was good and it was evil. And when we look at the tree, um, we're going we're gonna to have our... Oh, see, there you go. When we look in terms of a tree, and you say, well, there is good in the tree, and he, he noted that, but he said there was evil in the tree. Well, sometimes we look at a tree for face value. We don't always look that there's roots that's holding that tree. And how many of you know that the bigger the tree, the deeper the roots? And so you don't get just the top of the tree where the apple is or whatever the fruit is, but you got to dig deep and know that there are some roots. And when the Lord says that this tree has good and it has evil, that means it has good roots and it has evil roots. Come on now. Knowledge has good and it has evil. It has roots to it. And he goes on to see the trunk of the tree, and then you see the branches. And a lot of times, again, what we see on the exterior, most of the time we pay attention, many of us, not all of us, I don't want to be all inclusive, but what catches our attention is the branch of the tree or the fruit that's on the tree. But that may be true for knowledge. The surface of what you get may catch your attention, but really you've got to dig down in the roots. And so when you let evil knowledge get down in you and it get in your roots, it's not going to be as easy to get up out of you when it gets into that household. And so there you are, happily married, or so you thought, but then you start peeling back the bark of the tree. And you say, oh, something here ain't right. And you think the core of the tree is bad, but you might need to go and prune around the roots of the tree. You're trying to put oil on the branches of the tree, you might need to be dunking the roots of the tree. 
Because that's where that knowledge is coming in. And that knowledge, when it comes in, it causes fruit to come forth. And so that fruit could be good and that fruit could be evil. Pastor? And one of the things you think about when you talk about a, a fruit that has good and a fruit that has, excuse me, there's good and there's evil. And when we talk about good, we don't base good on our standard of good. It is based on God's standard of good. Because man's standard of good can vary from one person to the next. And so we don't go by man's standards, but we go by God's standards. Because God's standards is going to be consistent every time. You want to know what God says? He put it in his word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. Whereas man can change from one week to the next. And so we understand that we go by God's definition of good. And so when we find out what God says, we allow those things to get into our spirit to bring forth that fruit that God is looking for. Get those roots deep. Get them solid. Get them established in the word of God and the ways of God. So in turn, you can bring forth the fruit that God is looking for. And understand, too, I've been guilty of taking up some bad fruit in my day. And what's interesting about bad fruit, because it looks good on the outside. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks real good on the outside until you cut into it. And I've been guilty of biting into something that I thought was good and turned out to be not so good. I've had brown stuff. To... Come on now, not the brown stuff. And one day I had a little creature just pop up Ooh, after I bit into that. Y'all know, some of y'all ain't from the country. You may not know about biting in them apples, amen, that sometimes that uh, little things get inside of it. I wonder how that little thing get inside of it, but I looked on the other side and there was a spot. That's why it's important that you inspect the fruit. Inspect the fruit because sometimes you may grab fruit, you think it looked good, but until you inspect the fruit. We need some fruit inspectors around us because I may not can see the bad stuff because they try to hide the bad stuff. You know how they try to clothe it up so it looks good on the outside. I mean, it, it looked nice. They dress it up nice. It smells good, but it's got some bad spots in it. And unfortunately, uh, that bad spot, if you bite into it the wrong way, it can cause a little trouble. It could hurt your stomach a little bit if you ain't careful. And I'm going to get out of there because I, I can talk about that for a moment. But, you know, when it comes to our family dynamics, we have to to be mindful of what it is that we're consuming. Because if we consume with our time and our energy and our resources a lot of things that pertain to the world, we may get some good out of it, but we also may get some evil. I have to think about having a high-paying job, and we believe in God for blessing. We believe not for six digits, seven and eight digits. How about that? But we also have to know a lot of times with a high-paying job and influence, there could be good. But if that blessing didn't come from God, there could also be bad. Because you don't know what that person is having to do to keep that high-paying job. You don't know what, how they're having to sell their soul out to the devil just to stay in line with that high-paying job. So as God, we know that God is sovereign. We know that he's all-powerful and he's almighty. And we have to make sure that we're seeking God. God wants us to be blessed. There's no reason why he wouldn't give us the eight, the eight digits a year. But the thing is, did God give it to us? Because when God gave it to us, he's not going to put anything before him. And, and that's when you know. That's when you know when something is slipping. When you know when, that if that thing causes you to put God on the back burner, 
there's something wrong. There's something, there's something that's trying to enter in into your family. And it's not just at you, but it's at your legacy. It's at your children. It's at your spouse. It's at all of your, your, you know, just the totality of you. And so we have to be very, very careful because we want to do well. We do know that the Lord wants us to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. But he does not want us to trade our soul for the devil, to the devil, in order to get there. And so as a, as a head of household, we have to be very mindful of that because things will come at us and we say, well, that's going to make things better. Baby, that's, 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 that's going to do it. Yeah, but I ain't trying to sell our soul out to the devil to get that. Right. I, I want a new car, but I tell you what, I'll pluck along for a little bit longer until we can get to the point where we need to be. And so you have to be careful because the enemy and the world will show you a lot of shiny things, just like they showed, just like the enemy showed Jesus in Matthew 4. But God knew who he was. He understood. I know who I am. You ain't showing me nothing I can't get. Can, can I can I hear that? And we have to be able to tell our children that we have to be able to cur- encourage each other. In our relationship, hey, I know we can get that, but is it God's timing? Is it God's way? Is that what God is saying, or is that what we're saying? But sometimes we can get stuck in the other way. God is saying, go get it. And we stuck back 15 years. Well, you know, we ain't always needed that. I mean, back in the day, and we're going to get into that deeper. Back in the day, you didn't need all that. Yeah, but I heard the word glory. I paid my tithe. God his tithes. And I, I gave a few offerings. And now I know I have access. See what knowledge will do? Knowledge will change the whole trajectory of your family. Uh, let's go to Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through, 43 through 45. Let me say this to you. If you messed up like I have in the past, repent. Ask God to forgive you and then get it right. You and you and a high paying job making eight figures and, and the Lord is taking you out of everything that God you supposed to be into. Repent and work on your way of getting it back out. Let me say this to you. God can restore you and redeem you and get you back on track. But you got to repent and you got to ask God to help you. And he can do that for you. He can do that for you. Luke chapter six, verse 43 through 45. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, no, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Let me read 45 to you again because 45 is so powerful to me. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. Mm-hmm. In that plain, you good, you're going to bring forth good. Also, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Very simply put. I mean, God didn't want nobody to get that right wrong, did he? He said, very simply if you're good, you're going to bring forth good. If you're evil, you're going to bring forth evil. But notice what he says here. What I thought was interesting in verse 45. For out of the abundance. Now, let me say this to you. Abundance means you got more than something else. But never negate there's something else there. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? 
never negate or forget there's something else there. Because notice he said the abundance. So if I got, I got, uh, see, evil people can have some good in them. But they, the evil is just so abundant, that's what comes out. Okay? So don't let that evil fool you. That good, that little bit of good fool you. Because majority of it is evil. But the good thing about it is, good folks going to bring forth good stuff. But the good folks, not, maybe not you, maybe your neighbor got it, but the Bible says there's a little evil in there. And we know it when the mouth opens. <laughs> Woo-wee! Isn't it amazing how we know how to act in public? And we'll get home and let it rip out. You're like, now hold on. I know I heard you just speaking tongues. What did you just say? Guilty. Can I say guilty? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real with you. But because the Bible, it doesn't take comments. It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, whatever's in your heart at that moment, that's what's coming out your mouth. And so when you letting your husband rip, hey, something in your heart says, come on now. And you know, husband, when you let your, your wife rip, and you know you should have said what you said when you said it, how you said it, hey, something in there. And so we have to come on, get that word, and that word keep 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 working it out of us. Tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you. Woo wee! He loves us. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hey, you know, because the, the the devil will want you to believe that family and marriage is not God's will. He will want you to believe that all marriages end up in divorce, and that kids are growing up in single homes, and people are raising our kids, raising kids that didn't even have them. But the devil is a lie. And so what he wants to do is keep knowledge away from us so that he can continue to cause havoc in our lives. But, hey, we ain't doing it. Hey, we're going to do it God's way, and we're going to see the benefits, and we're going to realize that we got to keep our kids in the Word. we got to make sure that we stay in the Word. we got to stay in prayer. You may not be in it like I'm in it, and I may not be in it like you in it, but i got to do what i got to do because I know the power of the Word and what it means to keeping this family together. Now, we're going to go straight over, spend the next few minutes on 1 Peter 3 and 7, because there's some, some good nuggets in here. And, and it goes back, this is our key scripture for the day. It says, husbands, and we notice that, bro, we're going to talk to you today. He said, but if you had a red up, you could have talked to wise. I know it, but we're going to talk to you today. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, or with knowledge, if you will. Giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, that's a lot in that, bro. That's a whole lot in that. And it ends with, uh, you mess this up, your prayers going to get hindered. In so many words. You say, how did you read that? Just read the first, husband dwell. And then go to the end. Your prayer's gonna be hindered. Don't miss that middle. Yeah, yep. That's what's gonna happen. I got you, brothers. I, I, I know. He wait. He wait. He wait. So to pray for us. Pray for me. But it goes on to say, you gotta dwell together. You gotta reside together as a family, and you gotta do it with understanding. And so, husbands, I know we're talking a lot, but you need to listen. You may not have all the answers, but listen, and listen with an understanding ear. Because I may be telling you something to help avoid a situation uh, two or three weeks down the road, right? 
You may not know what I'm really going through, and you may not have an answer, and I may not be looking for an answer, but I need you to dwell with me with understanding. Because if you have understanding, you're going to have some compassion for me. Yeah, you, you're going you're gonna to give me some grace. Because sometimes as women, we can be a little complicated, right? And you know how we can be complicated? Come on back, Pastor. Get the oil for y'all, Pastor, up here. See what I'm saying? Let's just pray for it. But we can be complicated. And a lot of times we're complicated because our lives are complicated, because we're wearing so many hats. We're trying to be the nurturer. We're trying to help provide. We're trying to help, um, you know, kind of coach people along. We're trying to support. We're trying to, we're trying to be all these different things. And sometimes we're like, wait a minute. It's overwhelming. This is complicated. And, and I need someone to see me in all this. I, I want to keep doing everything else, but I, it's, it's, it's gotten complicated. And so the scripture let the husband know, I need y'all to stay together as a family. And I need you to dwell together with knowledge. And he goes on to say, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Now, that knowledge piece, I'm going to talk a little bit about the weaker vessel. And then I'm going to let Pastor talk a little bit about this first part of the scripture. Because the weaker vessel would suggest that maybe it's not strong sisters in here. And I know differently. The weaker vessel would suggest that we can't wear many hats. And honey, we wear them and we wear them well with heels. So we can do that. But the weaker vessel is saying, don't put too much pressure on me that was never designed for me. And so when you dwell with me with knowledge, it's saying, let me be me. Let me be great. Let me, let, me make the, let me make the money. Let me bring the bacon home. Let me cook you up a dish or two every now and then. But, but don't put too much pressure on me that I feel as though that's what I have to do because that's what you expect of me to do. I'm going to give it over to your pastor after that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's yours. I likewise, likewise dwell with them with, notice the Bible says, understanding. Which is interesting to me, he didn't say love. He didn't say respect. He didn't say money. He didn't say a, a number of different things he could have said. If I'm going to dwell with her, I've got to dwell with her with understanding or with knowledge. I thought that was interesting. I thought he would say, well, you know, I know we, in other ways he tells us to love and so forth. But he says, I'm going to dwell with her. I'm going to live with her. I'm going to have to understand her. I'm going to have to understand her. Understand her. Um, I was thinking about an example. I've probably given you, to this, given you this probably many times before, but I'll give it to you again. She's not my high school sweetheart. I didn't know you in high school or college. There we go. Don't college sweetheart. Up. Don't but, get me mixed up, bro. <laughs> this is not my college sweetheart. When she graduated from college, she left college there. This is a grown woman. Yeah, uh, Career, job, house, so forth. I got to get to know her where she is now. Just retired. I got to get to know the retired her. I got Ooh. to get to know the person that she is becoming and who she is, God going to make her. And I can't get, to, listen, yeah, I knew her back then, but that didn't hurt no more. And the problem is some people try to get to know people from five years ago, and they say, well, who is that person I'm getting to know? Well, that ain't who they are no more. 
If anybody is in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things have what? Passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. She changed because she's walking with Christ. In fact, if you, if you, even if you're not even walking with Christ, by the mere fact you're walking on this earth, you can't stay the same. You can't stay the same. You can't stay the same. And so I got to get to know her as she gets, as she is walking with Christ. That's why I need to help Christ help. Because he, she don't always tell me what I need to know. She thinks she does, but the Holy Spirit goes, no, that ain't what the real issue is. She got problems. And so you have to know that. Listen, bro. And so, and then it goes on to say, but why do I get to know her? One of the things they says, I got to give her honor. I got to value her. I got to reference her and, and think that she's precious to me. And notice what the Bible says. He says, as to the weaker vessel. He didn't call her a weaker vessel. He says, as to the weaker vessel. And so uh, I can't let her run on that weak thing because he didn't call her weak. Y'all missed that, didn't y'all? I know her. I know her. And some of you try to hide behind. I'm weak now. They weak when it's convenient for them. Whoa, bro. Sisters, I didn't know he was going to do that. He got it then. Got you, sisters. I'm sorry. I, I told you that I got you, brothers. I got you, brothers. I got you, brothers. I got you. <laughs> when it's convenient. But see, now, I need for you to be strong because why? What's the Bible say we're going to do? We're going to be heirs together. Woo! I need somebody. Uh, uh, let, me, let me throw this out here on the table. Now, don't nobody miss me when I say this, okay? Because sometimes men get weak, too. Mm. That's good. Sometimes men get weak too. And I don't need both of us to be weak at the same time. You're trying to run on that weak scripture and I'm trying to say, hey, I need some help over him. But see, that's why we work together. That's good. Joint heirs, we work together. So if I need you to get a job and bring home some bacon, we work together. If I'm being challenged in the body, I might need you to get cut that grass out there. Woo. Okay. Or if my wife say, I'm going to call somebody. Yes. <laughs> hey, you know, you got to have fun in the family now. Because I'm telling you what, you get, you get stressed and I don't have fun. We have fun together. And I'm learning since I'm at home with him more, we're going to have a lot more fun together. Because when you're around folks, you gotta, you gotta have fun together. You gotta keep it light. Because sometimes we keep it stressed and we don't want to come home. Can I, can I say that? We like, we'll go in well, but home. Mm-mm. Cause I know what I left this morning. I'm staying away. But no, you gotta keep it light. And I appreciate that, Pastor. Let me, let me say one thing. Go on, go on. One more thing I will say. I don't think we have weak sisters in this congregation. That's right. You try to get weak with me, I got something for you. Ah, uh, now, Pastor. Scripture. Come on, stay with the text. Stay with the Scripture. text. Scripture. You allowed to be weak with sometimes, but you ain't going to be able to stay on that. And let me say this, see, it's not just talking about husbands. Remember she said, dwell with your family. You got to know when your family's weak as well. Mm-hmm. Your children are weak. Children got to know when parents are weak. And so in turn, we can strengthen one another and be heirs together. Are y'all following me here? Right, so I, I just wanted to say that yeah, a little you, bit. You worked that text. Because I told you, man, I was going to cast something for you now. Yeah, you did now. <laughs> but I just want to talk a little bit about that knowledge and that understanding, too, because uh, I'm glad he brought that up about, um, you know, when we first met. And you have to understand, when you're dating somebody, you see the best version of them. Can I, can I say that? 
I want you to imagine that, that uh, wedding cake. And I want you to imagine that beautiful bride. And I want you to imagine that husband. And I want you to see all them bags that they about to bring to the house. And all them bags. They ain't all clothes in the bags. It's some more stuff. And I'm going to keep that tucked away as long as I can until a situation comes. And so that's why you have to keep knowledge. Anybody been married over three months, you'll understand that. Six months, you really get to know that. Three years, you really, really get to know that. You're like, wait a minute. I think I woke up one time and I said, oh, I'm really married to him forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have those moments, right? I don't know if I told him, sorry, but I did say that. But you do have those moments. You do, because you realize that there's more to this package than what I thought it was on when the day we got married. But you married it off. And guess what? You married her childhood. You married her teenage years, good, bad, or different. You married those young adults when she was wild and foolish. You married those years, too. And sometimes those things tend to surface back up, and you wonder, like, what is wrong with you? I just said, moi. I know you said, moi, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. i tell you something that still st- stood out, and it's fresh on my mind. I may have told you this before, too, because, you know, you may share stories before. But I have a few memories of my father, and I was only four when my father passed away. So most of those memories, and that's why trauma affects children. Can I, can I say that? They may not remember a lot about a person when they're older, but traumatic experiences affect them. And so the moment, the thing I remember the most was the, the day that he passed away, and he would have been 89 this past Friday. And so we were just, you know, sharing some memories of what she had, just talking about his legacy. But I remember the day he passed away. I remember him going out. It was a cold morning. It was Groundhog Day. So I knew I was in touch. He went outside to warm the car, and he was coming back to get me to take him to the babysitter. And he collapsed. Well, you know, now that I look back in time, and um, 72, it's, it's hard for us to get health care now. It's real hard for them to get health care back then, right? And we lived so far from the doctor, you know, I mean, he collapsed, massive heart attack. He's gone. But what I remember, not only he collapsed, but I remember the kitchen wasn't clean. And you said, well, what in the world did this have to do? I remember that because mom was having a fit because dishes was in the sink. Now, who grows up and can't stand dishes in the sink? And if he didn't understand that about me, he just think I'm just illing. Like, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I remember that. And I connect dishes in the sink that something tragic could happen, and this house is a mess. That's my connection. Because something tragic happened in my life, and the house was in a mess. Well, you say, well, yeah, you know, y'all should have cleaned the kids. Da, 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 da. Yeah, but she had seven kids. They had seven kids, too. How many of us go to bed with dishes in the sink? Right? So don't judge, but know that's part of my story. And so you have to realize that I grew up, uh, at that point, a single mom. So mom was no nonsense, right? You had three options when you graduated. You were going to get a job and pay her. You were going to go to college, or you were going to go in the military. Well, I don't think I could have made it through basic, so military was out. And I was really trying to stay there and pay her, so that was out. So college was my way out, but that was a non-negotiable. It, we didn't talk about it. So my kids come along, we ain't playing the violin in that house. Why? Because that's the way I was raised. Right? Could I have been softer? Absolutely. But you know what? I did what I saw. And in marriages, a lot of times we do what we saw. We do what we, what we experienced over the years. And all of us didn't see the same thing. 
And that's why that scripture is so important. You might be wondering, well, here's the thing. If I moved around a lot as a child, I, I, I get kind of ill when you tell me that, that mortgage ain't paid. I, I feel some kind of way when you tell me we about to have to move. Why? Because I'm flashing back. Oh, no, no, no. I will not live my adult life moving around like I did as my childhood. So you got to know knowledge. I ain't just on you. I'm just telling you that's what I dealt with. So we have to unpack. That's why I say you got to get to know each other. And we also have to realize what experiences we're giving our children. Because not only do they have it now, it follows them throughout their life. So the latter part of um, 1 Peter 3 and 7, it says that your prayers may not be hindered. And you may think that's light. You say, well, I might pray today and I might not. And that's okay. You ain't got to raise your hand. We ain't going to have you raise your hand on that. But let me tell you what prayer does. Prayer will bring peace. Prayer will bring insight. Prayer will show you that, you know what, it ain't as big as what you think it is. Prayer will open up doors. Prayer will grant favor. The Bible says pray without ceasing. He said, don't stop praying. Hey, he said, men ought to pray and not to faint. Prayer keep you from fainting, keep you from giving up, keep you from giving in. So you don't want your prayers hindered, brother, because you got a lot of responsibility on you. And if you are shouldering all that responsibility without prayer, something might happen to you. And so when you tie that scripture back around, it's important that you don't have a lot of chaos going on in the family. Because how I many you know when you hot and tired and bothered with them, you ain't trying to pray. Pray. I ain't trying to pray. I got something to say, but it ain't no prayer. So, no, 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 you don't want to be in that mindset because you're trying to get an answer, a breakthrough, but you got something going on right here. Or you got something going on with your children, and you're supposed to be praying for them, but you're going at your children. All right? So he said, husband, you got to dwell with them. You got to dwell with them. And, and, and it does say dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife, as to, I like the way you brought that out. Didn't say I was weak, but I want you to honor her like she is. Don't put pressure on her that wasn't, she was not designed to shoulder. And how many women have watched their moms shoulder responsibility that they never were designed to shoulder? How many women have seen them go and press and do because there was no one there to cover them? There was no one there to keep the pressure off them. There was no one there to value them. They valued their looks. They valued what they could get from them, but they didn't value the fact that they were putting an enormous amount of pressure on them that they were never designed to carry. And then it goes on to say, as being heirs together, come on, come on, who is with for the grace of life. You know when grace come, favor come, blessings come. Increase come. You got to see that thing. Like, hold on now. We heirs together. So if my heir is not here to enjoy this blessing with me, I'm, I'm missing something. We talk about that now. We got to do things now to help us get ready for the next phase of our lives. I don't want to just do it by myself. I want us to do it collectively. Why? Because we're heirs together. And we don't want any prayers hindered for us, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our finances. We don't want any prayers hindered. And so we got to stay in that word. We got to understand we can't be foolish in this house now. You take the foolishness out because we grown folk. We got to handle grown folk business. And when we do that, we understand that blessings come. Gotcha.
And as you look at that in that latter part, that your prayers may not be hindered, is making the conclusion that you're praying. Notice this. It can't ask for prayers to be hindered if you're not praying. So it takes into account that husbands pray. And if you're not praying, first thing you need to do is repent for not following the guide that God has given for the family. And once you repent, then what you need to do? Pray. I know that there might, I don't know, I want to make that as plain as I possibly can. It's, it's saying here that your prayers may not be hindered, so it's making the conclusion that you're praying. Head of household pray, children pray, wife pray, husband pray, everybody prays. And if you're not praying, repent, and then start praying. And once you start praying, then this is where you gain the knowledge. That's good. This is where you gain the insight. This is where you get all the knowledge that you don't get from from uh, a conversation, mm-hmm. from a look, or from whatever. This is what you gain it from when you pray. This is where you learn and gain and acquire knowledge. How and this is how it blesses our families to succeed financially, mentally, emotionally, physically, and such like. Just one quick example. And I'm gonna let lay down close this out. I remember when our children were going through school. And I remember uh, I could not do none of the homework from about second to third grade, maybe fifth, on. Because oh that God. stuff was complicated. Stuff I got, they were doing fifth grade, I think I was doing in college. And then it was a struggle then. So. <laughs> Come on, Pastor. Call but you know what I could do, though? I could pray for them. I could pray for them. Stuff I struggled with, I prayed it, dog. They don't struggle with it. I, listen, they're doing work now. Like, look at them. Whew, that look real complicated. I can pray. <laughs> I can pray God will give you insight, give you knowledge, and I still pray for them even today. Are y'all following me? I, I just like my, my final words is that, in, in, you know, as we pray, I like the way the pastor said is that we have to first pray. But we also have to go, we have to grow in prayer. And we have to mature in prayer because sometimes we can get frustrated praying. It seems like we're praying and nothing is changing. And, and, you know, sometimes when you're in Christ, you say, like, but I prayed. I did talk to God, but you, you still don't feel like you've made that connection. And I think that's where those hindrances right. come. Right. But the more you know about God and the more you know about his sovereignty and his power, you know he hears your prayers. And you don't want the enemy or your mind to tell you, hey, God is not even listening to me because if he was listening to me, we wouldn't be going through X, Y, Z. If, he, if God heard me, then we wouldn't have these financial pressures. If God, you know, was, you know, was listening, then uh, she, she would still have that attitude that she had two days ago. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he's listening, but it's a maturity that has to take place in that household. And so you don't stop praying. You don't let that stop you what you see, but you keep praying because knowing that breakthrough is coming. And that takes faith. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. 
You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.